Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What started out and remained a spectacular day for the Braves and Michael Soroka turned into a bit of a bittersweet evening for the Braves in Oakland on Monday night. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the ba- the podcast to be named later, and all the great content from the BatteryPower.com Podcast Network at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media at BatteryPower.com and free on all podcast platforms. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. Michael Soroka has officially returned to Major League Baseball. Over the past 48 hours, that has been the main and exciting news going on in Braves country from the fan base to the franchise to the coaching staff to the front office to the roster. Anyone and everyone whose heart beats to the tune of Go Braves absolutely had to have been on cloud nine seeing Michael Soroka back on the mound in Oakland on Monday night. And the fact is, is that Michael Soroka himself actually had a very encouraging outing. It was a spectacular day, of course, as many noticed. After his first strikeout in the first inning, it seemed like Michael Soroka was holding back tears. You know that the emotion had to be working, you know, on him as well, you know, for all the hard work that he's done. Anything and everything that everyone has said in a positive light for the fight that Michael Soroka has put towards getting back on the mound for the first time in just under three years. Again, just a spectacular sight to see him on the mound. And just congratulations to Michael Soroka for being able to fight back. And hopefully he'll be able to resume his career without much interruption moving forward. Of course, it was spectacular to see Soroka on the mound. And Soroka himself, despite the fact that, you know, unfortunately the Braves lost 7-2. to We'll discuss a bit more on a few of the negatives from last night. But Soroka was not a negative, in my opinion. He was an absolute positive. He did run into a little bit of trouble in the second inning. He gave up what looked like it was going to be a home run, but Eddie Rosario was able to bring the ball back. And so Michael Soroka cruised through the first four innings of action with the Braves up one to nothing. But then unfortunately, he ran into some trouble in the fifth inning and just the one mistake that he made during the evening. And if you want to call it that, it was it was a low and away changeup. It was the second one that he had thrown to Orion Noda of the Oakland Athletics. But Noda was able to put the barrel on the ball and hit a three-run home run. And all of a sudden, pretty quickly, the score was four to one. But then to me, Perhaps the most encouraging sign, and this is what Brian Snicker said that they really were interested in seeing from Soroka. 
Could he put together the longevity of a start? Could he go out and put together a five, six-inning start without really laboring? And that's exactly what Michael Soroka did. Even though he had the bad inning in the fifth inning, it is absolutely encouraging. It is a big, big win for the Braves and Soroka, unfortunately, figuratively right now. It is a very good development that even after the trouble that he ran into in the fifth inning, Michael Soroka went back out in the sixth and was able to get the job done. Six innings pitched, 83 pitches, 55 strikes, nine ground outs to only two flyouts, two walks, three strikeouts. He didn't have his best stuff. But the thing is, is that he was able to be efficient to just like he had been before his injuries back in 2018 and 2019. The efficiency was there. The stuff looked like it was going to translate to the majors successfully, and there wasn't any concern with his movement off the mound or anything like that. Despite simply having a bad inning, it overall was a very encouraging and successful outing for Michael Soroka. So despite the result of the game, yes, he's 0-1 now. Michael Soroka and the Braves have to be extremely encouraged from Monday night's outings. A six-inning performance for Soroka that hopefully should earn him many more opportunities to really solidify a spot in the rotation. Of course, the Braves got the early lead in about as good of a script as you could find when it comes to playing again in Oakland. Former, former Oakland Athletic Sean Murphy drove in former Oakland Athletic uh, Mike, Matt Olson to be able to get the score one to nothing. But then, of course, Michael Soroka gave up the four runs in the fifth inning. All of a sudden, you, you blink, and it was four to one Oakland. And then from there, the Braves, after the first inning, the Braves just could not find any success at all. Only six hits on the ninth, one of eight with runners in scoring position. Again, the first inning was really when they had, you know, the, the, their true scoring opportunity. And, and the Braves' struggles against right-handers, we'll discuss that a little bit more in just a moment, but their struggles against right-handers is what really stood out in this game on Monday evening. First, it was Paul Blackburn, who himself was making his first start of the season versus the Oakland Athletics. But what really was the turning point for the Athletics was when they were able to bring in their second reliever of the evening, Lucas Ursic, who was in his fifth career game. He was throwing in the minors about a month or less than a month ago. He came on for his fifth career outing and just absolutely shut down the Braves' offense. So the Braves' struggles against right-handers once again emerged in a game that the Braves should have won. This is a team in the Oakland Athletics that now have won 11 games so far this season, but the Braves looked very, very, very unproductive against the pitching of the Oakland Athletics on Monday night. And the other thing that stood out was the fact that Olsen connected to allow the Braves to be able to put the score to 4-2 to two as we went into the bottom of the eighth. So perhaps the Braves could have put together an inning where they could have tried to come back. But unfortunately, Lucas Lickie came into the game in the bottom of the eighth and could not keep the score 4-2. to two. He gave up three runs, so once again, the bullpen had its struggles as well. Without a doubt, the Braves have faced quality competition in the month of May, but we are now coming up on two months 
were the Braves' production against right-handed pitching as well as the struggles of their bullpen. Though the Braves are in fine shape compared to you know the, the, the rest of the National League as well as where they are in the division, the Braves are in fine shape. And, and going 500 against the schedule that they had in May, considering the injuries that the Braves had experienced, you live with it. But the Braves' struggles against right-handed pitching for the offense as well as the overall struggles of the bullpen as we get past Memorial Day and we enter the month of June, there certainly has to be hope that those two aspects for Atlanta get better as the schedule gets a bit easier going into the month. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Month of June. So we are now officially past Memorial Day, and the Braves stand at 32 and 22, 10 games above 500 with a four game lead in the National League East. And I think from a few perspectives, from multiple perspectives, the Braves have to be absolutely ecstatic with where they are in terms of their record against the rest of the National League as well as where they are compared to, you know, the rest of the NL East. Uh, one perspective is when you consider all the different injuries the Braves have had to deal with to the, to the bullpen and the lineup and, and the starting rotation and, and, you know, the struggles of the bullpen, you know, some slow starts from players offensively, despite all the things that the Braves have had to overcome through the first two months of the season, the fact that they're 10 games above 500 going into June, that has to be a pretty good feeling. I think the Braves would have taken that, you know, at the start of the season. It also is a much better position for them to be in than they have been in, in, you know, previous years. When you consider what the Braves' record was, you know, at Memorial Day in 2019 and Memorial Day in 2021 and at Memorial Day in 2022, they're in a significantly better position record-wise this year. So in the general scheme of things, there's not much to be concerned with. There's not much to complain about. There are far more positives than negatives. But despite all the positivity that comes with the Braves being where they are in terms of their overall record, despite all that they've had to do with so far this year, the month of May, going through you know the tough schedule that the Braves have had to face in the month of May, I think that it's revealed a few relevant concerns that the Braves have to hope they get improvement in sooner rather than later. If you go back to early May, when Kyle Wright and Max Reed hit the injured list, Kyle Wright with the shoulder injury, Max Freed with his uh, forearm strain. When those two pitchers hit the um, injured list in early May, the thought was, was the, you know, the Braves bullpen and, and lineup are both finally healthy. So those two aspects of the team, the offense and the bullpen, they're going to have to carry the starting rotation. But it's actually been the exact opposite. Despite the injuries to, ride, to Wright and Freed, the Braves' starting pitching has been the best aspect of this team compared to the rest of Major League Baseball. That's what's surprising about what has occurred since Wright and Freed went on the IL. The starting pitching has been the best part of this Braves team compared to the rest of Major League Baseball. And what I mean by that is, is that you obviously now have the struggles of the bullpen going on more than a month. You know, with, you know, performances so far, you know, with the lack of performance so far from A.J. Minter, Joe Jimenez, Lucas Lickie. You know, right now, I think when it comes to the Braves' bullpen, 
the only two that you can really trust are, are Nick Anderson and Rysel Iglesias. And, and in most cases, when the Braves have the lead late in games, that's fine. But as last night showed, if the Braves are, are not ahead, you know, if they're trailing late in games, or if they don't get many innings from their starter and they got to rely on their middle relief, those are concerning times for the Braves. Hopefully, the bit better luck comes the bullpen's way, and with an easier schedule in June, the bullpen will be able to get back on track. But to me, just as much of a concern, maybe even a bigger concern, is how badly the Braves are struggling creating runs against right-handed pitching. In general, it's no secret, the Braves have been much better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching this season. But also, it's the simple fact that the Braves have, have been arguably the worst lineup in baseball in the month of May when they faced right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position. In such scenarios, in the month of May, the Braves are dead last in the majors in WRC+, and 28th in the majors in OPS. And when you split the lineup in half, you start to really see why the Braves have struggled so badly. Now, the first part of the Braves lineup, the one through four spots against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position in the month of May, they have an 88 WRC+. We're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Sean Murphy. Those four players collectively have an 88 WRC plus against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position in the month of May. Significantly below what your, what your expectation would be when it comes to their productivity. So that has certainly been relevant to the Braves' struggles. But what really is eye-opening is how bad the bottom half of the Braves' order has performed against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring positions. In the month of May, the Braves' 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth spots in the lineup have combined for a 10 WRC+, and a 4-10 OPS against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position. If you were to compare the Braves' 5th through nine spots in the order collectively versus all the other 5th through nine spots in Major League Baseball against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position, the 410 OPS and the 10 WRC Plus would by far be the worst numbers in Major League Baseball. And it becomes even more eye-opening when you look at the counting statistics. The 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth spots for the Braves order against right-handed pitching with runners in scoring position in the month of May, they have had 93 such at-bats. The bottom half of the Braves order have had 93 such at-bats in those situations. They are 12 for 93, 12 hits and 93 at-bats, one home run, 16 RBIs, 20 strikeouts, compared to only six walks. In other words, the bottom half of the Braves' order, 85 to 90% of the time, has been an automatic out against right-handers with runners in scoring position in the month of May. The bigger scheme, that, that where that plays a bigger role in things, is that if the bottom half of the Braves' order is basically an automatic out or non-existent in creating runs against right-handed pitching, that means that if the Braves are not hitting home runs facing right-handers, it's very tough for them to score runs to consistently win. If I'm, in the, if I'm a team facing the Braves right now and I'm throwing a right-handed pitcher out there, if the Braves are not hitting home runs, I have to feel very confident about my team being able to beat the Braves. We just saw that last night 
against the worst team by far in the majors in the Oakland Athletics. So the month of May against tough competition has definitely revealed some aspects of this Braves team that you hope to see improvement upon. You have to feel that the Braves know their bullpen and their productivity against right-handers, they have to get better in those areas for them to truly be where they want to be to compete for a World Series title this season. So this is why, despite the fact that the Braves are in a much better position record-wise this Memorial Day than they have been at the Memorial Day holiday over the past few seasons, the month of June still is, is pretty significant for this Braves team. Because as I mentioned, the schedule gets a bit easier, so it's a golden opportunity for the Braves to not only get back to winning at a frequent, frequent rate, but also making adjustments to where long-term, the bullpen will be more consistent, and the offense will be more consistent against right-handed pitching. Because after this, the last two games of this series against Oakland, the Braves will then head to Arizona to face off against the Diamondbacks. Then they'll have a series against the Mets. Following that, they'll have a series against the Nationals and then the Tigers and then the Rockies. Then they'll face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. And after that, they'll face off against the Reds. So despite series against the Phillies and the Mets coming up in June, you've got series against the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Nationals, the Tigers, as well as the Reds. I think many would consider the Braves to clearly be the better team on paper than those five teams. So the Braves need to get back to winning frequently with this, you know, a bit easier part of the schedule coming up. But the other thing that stands out is that the Braves can figure out how to get more consistency from their bullpen and against right-handed pitching. That lets them know that internally, there just needed to be adjustments made. There needed to be things that changed in the approach and the overall talent on this team was able to make the needed adjustments to be more successful in those areas. But if the Braves go through this easier stretch of the schedule and they continue to struggle in terms of their bullpen and they continue to struggle against right-handed pitching, that really puts the writing on the wall of the two areas the Braves are going to have to address at the trade deadline. So even though it may be for different reasons, the Braves needing to have a very successful month of June this year is just as important, in my opinion, as it was last year. And thankfully, the setup is there for the Braves to do exactly that. But before we get to the month of June, the Braves need to make sure that they take care of business to end May as they have two very winnable games against the Athletics to win this series and really get the boost they need heading into June. After the Braves struggled on Monday night, you really couldn't ask for a better setup for them to be able to find a way to win on Tuesday. Bryce Elder, who has been an absolutely stabilizing cog for this Braves starting rotation, one of the best pitchers in the National League so far this season. He will take the mound for the Braves, and Atlanta will face off against left-hander J.P. Sears. As we talked about, the Braves have had plenty of success against left-handed pitching, especially left-handed pitching that you know has struggled against other competition. So the Braves facing the left-hander, hopefully they'll be able to get some early offense going like they did on Sunday to support Elder, and he'll be able to put together another quality start to get the Braves the win. Of course, you can find all the latest content when it comes to the Braves at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media. And for the podcast content, free on all podcast platforms, just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>